We know that Moses was appointed as the leader, as the person who would approach Pharaoh and demand that he set the children of Israel free. We know that whole story of how Pharaoh refused and so the Lord sent plagues and pestilence and all manner of things into Egypt, into Pharaoh's land and plagued them. And eventually he said, fine, I'll let them go. Just just get out and take the plagues with you. We know the children of Israel left and they were they were delivered out of bondage, out of that bondage of slavery. And not only just delivered, but they took a whole lot of spoilage with them. And by spoilage, I mean the spoils of the Egyptians. They took their silver and their gold and their riches. So God set them free and set them off with a fortune as well. And I just, I love that because that is the promise for us as believers. We'll be set free and we'll be blessed in that deliverance. But the journey from Egypt to the Promised Land, when we look deeply in the Old Testament and have a look at what actually the geography was in that place, we know that that journey was actually 11 days. From Egypt, where they were in slavery, to the Promised Land was an 11-day journey. But we know that it took them a whole lot longer than that to get from Egypt to the Promised Land. We know it was a 40-year journey for the children of Israel when it was supposed to be 11 days. Now, why? Why was it so long? Well, there's a few reasons, but one of the big ones is disobedience on the part of the children of Israel. They had been set free and they knew that it was Almighty God who had set them free. He parted the sea so that they could go through on dry land. And then when Pharaoh's chariots came to follow them, to pursue them, they wanted to recapture them. The waters, as we know, came down and crashed down on Pharaoh's army, Pharaoh's chariots, and they were completely destroyed. So the children of Israel knew this. They'd seen God move in mighty ways not just obviously in Egypt and all of the things that the Lord sent in order to secure their deliverance, but this Red Sea parting and then the water gushing from the rock and then the food, the manna, the the bread sent from heaven. We know that the Lord did all of these miraculous things. He sent a cloud by day to cover them. He sent a fire by night to give them warmth and protection. We saw all of these things in the story. So the children of Israel could see, they could tangibly see how the Lord was at work looking after them. And yet there was still a whole lot of sin happening in that camp of Israelites. We know that they were grumbling, they were complaining. They were complaining to God about God. They were complaining to God about Moses. Oh Moses, can you why did you bring us out of out of the land of Egypt into this place? We were better we were better off in slavery, they said to Moses. They thought they were better off in slavery than on their way to freedom. Just because they had a few hardships to face along the way where they had to believe God to continue to provide for them. So grumbling and complaining. We also know that they were worshipping idols. We know that when Moses was taken up to receive the, the, the Ten Commandments, we know that when he came back down, the children of Israel had, had turned these golden images into, into items of worship. And Moses was angry, as we know, and he interceded on their behalf to God that they would be forgiven. But there was a whole lot of this stuff that went on, which delayed their journey. We also know that when they came near the Promised Land, in the book of Numbers, it tells us this story, that Moses appointed 12 spies. 
to go into the promised land to scout it out, a bit of a recon mission for the children of Israel. The book of Numbers, chapter 13, verse 26 to 32. Now it says that they returned from spying out the land, these 12 spies. They returned and they came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They told Moses and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the spies said, the people who dwell in the land are strong and their cities are fortified and they are very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, they dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. So their report was basically, look, it it does flow with milk and honey, this promised land. Yes, it does have all that what God promised, but there's giants in the land. There's enemies, there's fearful things. We're afraid. We're afraid. I, I don't know if we want to go in there. That was the report of most of the spies. Verse 30 says, Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession of the land. But the men who had gone with him, the other spies, they said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than us. The Amorites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Canaanites, they were afraid of them. And they succumbed to that fear and said, oh no, we're not able. Even though God had said, you are more than able to possess the land which I'm sending you to possess. The other spies went went on and says, and said, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature, giants. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak come from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight and so we were in theirs, like grasshoppers. They were saying, we looked like small, tiny little insects that they could just squash under their heels. Basically, the report of the 10 spies, the 10 of the 12, was a negative report. No, even though God said we'll be able to possess it, it's too hard, there's too many enemies, too many mountains. Uh Uh-uh, not doing it, Moses, not going there. But we know that Caleb and Joshua, they had a positive report. And do you know that out of their entire generation, they were the only two men who actually ended up possessing the promised land. All the other negative naysayers, all the other spies and all the other people of the congregation who believed those spies, they died in the wilderness. They died in the wilderness of fear, of wandering. When their promised land was just a few days walk away and yet they didn't believe God that they could possess what he had promised. So it is a great story for us as believers because we are all like the children of Israel. We have all been, as I said, in bondage to sin, slaves of sin. Jesus Christ came to set us free, but we need to cooperate with that deliverance. We need to do what God says we need to do. If He says go, we need to go. We need not look at the Amorites or the Hittites or the Jebusites or any other brand of ite that might be blocking our way. We need to take the step and yes, I will go forth, as Caleb said, I will go forth 
and possess, possess that promised land that Jesus died for me to live in.